Thought Leadership Studio. You're listening to Thought Leadership Studio, the podcast that helps you master high-level positive mass influence to create distinctive business niches, captivate an audience, grow your following, and change the game by changing the frame with strategic thought leadership. Thought Leadership Studio. Welcome back to Thought Leadership Studio. I'm your host, Chris McNeil, strategic thought leadership coach and consultant, creator of the thought process. That's T-H-A-U-T of Strategic Thought Leadership. And this is episode 62, Scaling Up with Herb Cogliano. Scaling New Heights with Herb's insights on leadership in business growth. What this episode will do for you is help you uncover the secrets of scaling up by diving into Herb's unique insights on scaling businesses learning how to identify and bridge gaps for substantial growth, help you master the leadership mindset for growth by exploring the critical traits of effective leadership as outlined by her, including growth orientation, coachability, and strategic thinking, help you learn about transforming company culture and values, and gain an understanding of how aligning core values and purpose with business strategies can propel organizations to new heights. Help you navigate through business challenges by learning from Herb's experience in guiding companies through tough times and onto the Inc. 5000 fastest growing company list. Help you leverage thought leadership for business success with Herb's approach to thought leadership and scaling up and how it reframes conventional beliefs about business growth and discover some effective tools for business analysis as Herb reveals the importance of self-assessment and strategic tools like the Scaling Up Readiness Assessment for business optimization. But before we dive more deeply into this episode, in case you're new here, consider that I created the Thought Leadership Studio podcast to help listeners improve their thought leadership skills. So whether or not you consider yourself a thought leader at this point, consider that I've come to the conclusion that the practice of strategic thought leadership is now fundamental to effective marketing and helpful in any area of positive influence. It's about leading an audience to embrace a unique perspective that gives them more value. So this podcast is designed to provide an accelerated training process for which I use my expertise in design human engineering, neurolinguistic programming, systems thinking, and game theory to create a condensed form of learning. And I recommend repeated listening for optimum empowerment. And an important part of this is having models of excellence for which I provide interviews of people who excel in one or more areas relevant to strategic thought leadership. And if you're listening on an app, make sure you visit the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. It's linked in the episode description for a summary of the episode with a curated transcript, a story and images, 
and additional resources and offers, such as the free marketer's guide to strategic thought leadership, free PDF guide, and a free 30-minute brainstorming or discovery session with me in which we can address your thought leadership specifically. So in this episode, I interview Herb Cogliano, a seasoned CEO and founder of Aspire Growth Advisors. In this insightful interview, Herb shares his journey of discovering Vern Harnish's scaling up, which revolutionized his approach to business growth. He highlights key leadership traits vital for scaling up, growth mindset, coachability, strategic thinking, accountability, and effective communication. Herb also touches on his success in helping clients achieve significant growth, emphasizing the importance of aligning business strategies with core values. He invites listeners to explore resources like the Scaling Up book and his website for further learning and development with his experience in leading companies to the Inc. 5000 list and creating award-winning cultures, Herb's insights are a must-hear for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs. And I'm linking to some of these resources on the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. So if you are listening on an app, make sure you check it out. It is linked to in the episode description. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Thought Leadership Studio. So I'm Chris McNeil. I'm your host of Thought Leadership Studio, and I'm sitting here across Zoom with Herb Cogliano, who is the founder and managing partner of Aspire Growth Advisors. And he has been a coach and scaling up practitioner for over 20 years. He's all about scaling up. And welcome, Herb. Glad to have you here. Hey, Chris. Thank you. Pleasure to be here with you and your listeners and talking about thought leadership. It's so important to scaling. And I look forward to uh, to your questions. Fantastic. Well, to introduce our listeners to you, um, What's a story you could tell about what set you on this path of being a coach facilitator um, to helping businesses or people scale up? Yeah. Um, so family business, 54 years. I was second generation. We were doing the succession plan to that second generation. And as you know, every generation has their own challenges we were growing, but we hit some speed bumps and we're having challenging developing the right leadership, growing new and additional markets, competitive pressure. We were getting commoditized. And one of the challenges was, Chris, we just didn't know what we didn't know. What was it like to be twice as big or twice as many employees or twice as many products offering? And somebody shared with me a book called Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. And it was the playbook on how a few companies make it and why the rest don't. And in small mid-market companies today, most of us do not have a team of MBAs on our staff doing strategy full-time. We got to figure it out ourselves. 
And what I learned from that book and its application to our company, it identified where the real gaps were to scaling. And then it gave me the simple tools to use with my team to release growth, to break through to that next level. And what it ultimately did for me, Chris, was gave me more time to be working on the business for further growth opportunities versus being feel like I was trapped working in it, just trying to keep the lights on, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean by that. That's a Michael Gerber e-myth. Yes. The puzzle. And that's a theme that keeps coming back to the podcast, it seems, working on your business instead of in your business. So the book changed your life. Is that right? It did. Truly, truly, truly did. Uh, We had an amazing journey. Our team developed a best places to work, perennial culture of people loving to be a part of what we were doing together. And then we actually became an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company multiple years in a row, which was really an affirmation that what we were bringing to the market was accepted in such a profound and scalable way. And those two together of doing well financially and doing good by the people and the employees we served was the most gratifying part of the journey for me. Is that a big part of scaling up of being mission-centered that way? Uh, I think your purpose is a big part of any legacy-oriented, long-term-oriented company because purpose, a company without purpose solely focused on profit can only get so far. I think when you can combine a great purpose around a business model that is profitable, the sky's the limit of what you can achieve. That makes perfect sense. And I think it was Peter Drucker who said something along the lines of profits aren't an enabling factor, they're a restraining factor in the sense that you you have to be profitable, but there's a mission beyond that because it's all about what's important to the customer, what's important to the marketplace, isn't it? So what what were the key awakenings that the book brought, taking you back to that time, being kind of stepped back into what was going on when you we're in the, the legacy business and there's a concrete ceiling kind of feeling. Was it like that before? Well, you, you feel like you plateau, you get stuck and you know, you've, you've been five, 10, 20, 50 million and you've been that, that size for a while. Yeah. yeah and you're working hard. Ceiling, comfort zone, uh, the, the concrete wall we feel like we're pushing against until we find the door, you know, all, this, all kinds of metaphors that describes such a common occurrence in business when you're really pushing against the system and it's pushing back just as hard until you find that yes. leverage point. Yep. So what were those key leverage points that the book gave you or that you brought to bear to the situation that are now important in your coaching practice? Yeah. So from a um, scaling up point of view, there was the ability to truly address the right problem that was holding you back. And we look at four major decisions that you need to get right around your people, strategy, your execution capability, and your cash. And 
owners are not always good about self-diagnosing. They think they have a people issue, but it's really a strategy issue. Or they truly think it's execution, but it's really cash. And so by educating them on how to diagnose where the issue is, we can then give them the education around the right tool to solve it. And that was really an epiphany for me because we didn't have the right people on our bus. Our culture, our core values were not clearly defined or aligned between all the people that were in the company. We then had to put hiring methods around screening in more of those people with aligned values and purpose. And then we had to be true to them. Would you really be willing to hire somebody for it, fire somebody for it, or take a true financial hit to defend it? Mm -hmm. And that's where the rubber meets the road, Chris. People are going to look at you and say, look, I love the core values on the wall. Your purpose sounds great, but are you truly living it? Are you making decisions by it or is it all, you know, words? And when they see you defend it and stand up behind the people that do with you, your culture and your whole environment will change and for the better. Is that part of the coaching process is, is waking leaders up to an awareness of where they stand in terms of their stated values or do the helping them articulate values in a way they may not have in the past discover it within themselves and within the business as a system and what they want to do for the world? Yeah, so think of your company's vision. An owner and a leadership team have this vision stuck in their head. You as the owner, founder, have one, you know, one vision for what your future should be like. I'm your CFO, your head of sales. I have kind of a my version of it. But imagine teaching them how to get it out of their head onto one simple sheet of paper, which is our one-page strategic plan. So simple, so clear that I could share that with the five or five thousand other employees that work with me. And then within that vision, understand that your core values and purpose are an important element to a great vision. Why? If you have a great strategy, but a poor culture, employee turnover, instability, low morale, what are the chances of you executing any great strategy? very small. So we want to educate the owners on how do we clarify the vision, keep it simple, and do they understand the importance of each element of a vision, which is the core values purpose, the strategy, the way we go to market and what's unique and differentiated, and ultimately the execution, how we deliver and achieve results towards the vision. That's a great way to articulate it. And, and Herb, it looks to me like a set of levels that you need to get into alignment between the values 
the vision, the execution, the actual behaviors of the business day to day? Are, are these things all in alignment? What are the points of contact that you typically have when you start working with an organization? Now, you're a scaling coach. Yes. So as a scaling coach, I guess you could be responsive to a specific leader within an organization, or do you, are you hired by individuals and working through them to the organization? Or are you hired to interact with the organization as a whole, or does it depend on the situation? Um, so I am normally hired by the owner or CEO of the company to work with them and their senior leadership team. Okay. And they've either had uh, one of a few issues occurring. Number one, like in COVID, some companies dropped 30, 40, 50% revenue overnight. Right. And they were in a debt spin and they needed somebody with outside experience. I mean, our, our 54 year history, I, I went through 13 different recessions as an owner navigating and in, in ultimately surviving all those things. So you learn a lot during that journey, but that's number one, somebody who's in a real, real tough spot, not fun. Number two, they've kind of plateaued. They've been a $2 million, a $10 million, a $20 million company for a while, and they just don't know how to get to the next level. Or number three, they are growing like a weed. They have like this fire hose, like just incredible growth, and they don't know how to control it. How do I get more people? How do I take care of 100% year-over-year growth with customers? I'm, I'm freaking out because of the rate of growth is so quick. Help. So those are normally the three scenarios that we're dealing with, and it's specifically with the ownership and their senior team. And it's interesting that your positioning, and in, in, from what I'm seeing and hearing, is from the scaling up standpoint, which has a number of assumptions behind it, I think, in the business world. What we mean when we talk about scaling up is increasing capacity. It's organizing around growth. Sure. And it's, it's getting past the kind of sticking points that we talked about. Um, and how much of is it about mindset? The mindset of the leadership that governs the organization? Well, it's uh, interesting because separate from scaling up, some of the work that I've been doing recently, Chris, is I produced a report in an assessment on the five traits of a high impact CEO and a leader. And that deals with the mindset. And what I learned from these traits are they're central to all the successful scaling up uh, owners and leaders that I've coached. Number one is, are they growth oriented? Personally, professionally, not only sales, but do they want to develop and grow people? Do they want to grow markets? Growth is a central mindset for them. So the second um, trait of highly successful leaders is, are they coachable learners? Are they self-aware? 
Are they open-minded to constructive feedback? And are they taking initiative on their own professional development? And do they value and invest in the professional development of their teams? The third trait is, are they a strategic thinker? It's a common word a lot of people throw around, but you and I know critical thinking skills, problem solving, ideation are very important parts of strategic thinkers. And have they honed those skills to identify the right market positioning for their brand that allows them to attract great customers with something they value, and that is distinctive from the competition. And you and I know, Chris, that the bar is always moving as the market evolves, competition comes in, alternative offerings come in. And so being strategic and growing the strategic mindset allows you to stay in front of the market and maintain great margins and growth. Fourth, are they accountable executors? Do they hold them and their team accountable for the results that they say they will deliver? Are they willing to top grade members of a team that are just not productive or producing after coaching and support has taken taking hold after a period of time? And not everybody's willing to do that. And then ultimately, are they an effective communicator? Are they transparent? Do they constantly update people so they know where they're at, where the business is at, and that everybody has clear line of sight for the work that they do? When you embody those five traits, mindsets to your word, I think you have an incredible leader and leadership team if you can get all of them to be like that at the top of the company. Uh, that's a great definition of self-mastery in an organizational capacity, isn't it? Something for people to aspire to and calibrate against, perhaps. Yes. And and do you find that usually the leaders you work with are already self-aware of the need for change in any of these areas? Or is it kind of a wake-up call to start calibrating against this model? Um. I think there are different stages of self-awareness I would describe. Uh, you know, as a coach, I think our greatest gift is being able to assess and meet the leader where they're at, good, bad, or indifferent, and ultimately help them get to where they want to be. And that's the head of a growing, scaling up organization where they're working more in it than on it and helping them deliver what I simply call bigger futures for them and their team. Right. I think you meant more on it than in it, but I, I know where you're going with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's a um, very interesting point of view. And I find it informative uh, because I know my mental models about corporate growth largely come from the marketing side and utilization of marketing as a growth strategy, because if you can pull a few levers in marketing, you can enhance uh, sales by two, 300, 400% of what the same spend amount is generating. Yep. But if you don't have the capacity to serve what you're generating, 
And, and now another piece of the puzzle I see that your point of view informs really nicely is the fact that the internet has made this, um, in, in the words of a recent guest, the um, visible leader phenomenon, where the leader is transparent on social media communicating with the large audience of the company, Elon Musk style, for lack of a better analogy. Yep. Yep. Uh, and they're having to upgrade their communication and marketing skills to fit the way that consumers learn about companies now. Uh, so I see even looking at it from a marketing point of view, it's all kind of one whole, isn't it? Or how do you, how do you see the levers of growing capacity to serve versus growing, generating demand through marketing and coordinating those? Uh, well, I I think they're complementary and both vitally important. One without the other won't work. It's almost like the goose and the golden egg, right? You have this wonderful goose producing golden eggs, but if you don't feed it, bathe it, take care of it, the goose dies and no more golden eggs. So marketing is like the golden egg that keeps being delivered but if we don't take care of it, the execution part, the maintenance part, then you'll lose the goose and everything that comes with it. So there, I, I think they're very important. But I think, Chris, to, to support your comment, a lot of owners and their leaders have not got right the marketing initiatives, the marketing thought leadership to be that type of leader in their market segment. And that's why they're not having this incredible front of funnel growth that you and I would love for them to have. It's absolutely a bigger challenge for most that end versus execution, but at scale, they're both challenging. Like if I, if I have a small practice, I have 20 clients, yeah, I have the occasional fire I got to put out, but for the most part, they're happy. That's one thing, but turn on the marketing spigot and you give me a thousand customers in the next year, I'm going to have some execution challenges keeping up and delivering on that. Absolutely. It's a good problem to have, but most people can't figure out how to get a thousand more clients in the door next year. We got to yeah. help them there first. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, if you do get the marketing without the operations and you have the overshoot and collapse thing when the marketplace figures out, you can't serve them. It'll automatically close the spigot a little bit. Yes. And, and this is fascinating. You know, um, you know, I just love the mindset of growth. And I, I like what we were talking about in the beginning about the mission and the values. And how, how much of it is about waking up the leaders' higher values, the difference you'd like to make in the world. Even if money wasn't an issue, sure, everybody wants to be rich, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having lots of money. You can do lots of good with it. Sure. Uh, and it's how society measures you in a lot of ways too now, um, good or bad. But there's a mission beyond that. And there's, there's this thing about seeing where you can, through your business, as in Drucker's terms, an organ of society, make society better for everybody. How much is your work about waking that up? 
within the leaders to touch into that sense of positive vision to do good for everyone through the organization. So, Chris, one one of the other activities that I get to do, and, I, and I'm very, very fortunate, is I'm the head professor of the Scaling Up Master's Business course. So we're teaching companies from all over the world that want to come in and take the course, learn the curriculum, get the tools separately from the coaching practice. And we just had our closing cohort session today on, on the course. And we have a new one starting next week. But in the final session, we talked about our purpose and our values. And I said to a CEO, have you found your emotional connection yet to your purpose? And he said, well, I think so, but not yet. And I said, well, our job as CEOs is to find that purpose that would help me be emotionally connected, bought in, engaged. And then my second most important job is helping the people on my team find their emotional connection to it. And the way we do that is you have to have stories and specific people and times where, and I guess I go back to stories, you need a specific person in a story that you can be emotionally connected to why that purpose is so important to you. Mm-hmm. And that's really important <clears throat> that we help them do that as a coach. Once we help them do it, then they're very good about helping the rest of their team do it. And I had one uh, recent session with a coach, or I'm sorry, with a client in Australia that runs a small fabrication uh, shop. And he was talking about his purpose. And I said, do me a favor, give me a story. When you think of your purpose, who are you really thinking about? And then he pointed to his org chart. He goes, I'm thinking of that person right there. And I said, what's his name? He gave it to me. And I said, well, what's the story? And the story almost brought a tear to my eyes. I couldn't believe how important that person was to why this owner was doing the business that he was doing today. Even with all the hardship, that story was fuel for that owner to walk through the fire to make sure his company is going to be successful. That's the power behind that type of work with the leadership team. That's awesome. I love that. Stories really bring things to life. Yeah, don't they? Our brains are just wired to, on an unconscious level, have stories kind of soak in and impact us. And so, so putting things into context and trying to draw out some threads that are especially relevant to our audience as the audience advocate as best I can be. How do you see this role of being a strategic thought leader? of leading your marketplace to new thinking about what you do 
a different model that satisfies the audience's values, your marketplace's values at a higher level because you're teaching them how to think. You might have an innovation, but sometimes you have to leave the audience to a different point of view in order to best appreciate the innovation that happens through this kind of communication. Yeah. How do you see the relationship between that point of view and what you do with helping an organization as a whole scale up? Um, let me see if if this makes sense, Chris. And thank you. I, I appreciate the question. Um, the people your listeners are speaking to may have a current paradigm about an issue. And I'll give you an example. Most business owners feel like if they work really hard and smart, they're going to have a scaling up success. Would you agree? Absolutely. But that's not the case. I know business owners that have worked for decades in their company, that have worked very hard, are very bright people, but have never grown over $5 million a year in sales. The reason why I illustrate this point is that your listeners have to reframe what you want their audience to believe. So my potential customers feel like working hard and working smart, I'll scale up. What I want them to reframe is that that is not enough. You need to understand the four important decisions around people, strategy, execution, and cash in order to get it right. Know the right tool at the right time with your people and embody those five traits that I mentioned earlier that will scale up your leadership team. And by scaling up your leadership team with the four decisions and the right five mindset traits, you will scale up your company. But they haven't seen it that way. And that's what your listeners have to do. Take their thought leadership content. If it's not traditional thinking, you have to give them a reason to reframe to why their new thought leadership thinking would be advantageous for them because they don't see it, the listener of your listener at the moment. That makes a lot of sense. And I don't know if you would articulate it this way, but it seems like your thought leadership position has a lot to do with the levers that you might need to scale up are probably counterintuitive. You probably aren't noticing them. So you need a set of tools to become aware, maybe some guidance to become aware of where yes. you need to make change in order to scale up. And that isn't that typical in business. You know, we, when we get stuck is because the intuitive path isn't working or something outside of our mental models. So that's part of the personal growth and the fun of business, the hero's journey of the entrepreneur and yes. the business leader. I, um, Chris, there's three kind of major things that work in our practice. Number one, scaling up education. People don't even know what the book is, the methodology within it. What, what is scaling up? So the first part is education. 
The second part is the executive coaching on how do I apply it to my company? Mm -hmm. I don't want to ruin what I've built. So how do I implement meeting me where I'm at? And then over time, executive coaching from implementation to mastering the scaling up methods. And you know, when you master, you normally accomplish something at a significant level. And then the third piece is facilitated planning. Every quarter, we are updating our vision because the market dynamics are changing. So the facilitated planning by an outside person allows the CEO and the leadership team to be thinking strategically in the room without having to worry about facilitating and keeping everybody on track. So those three elements together have been an amazing success for clients. And they're looking at doubling their cash, tripling industry profitability, 10xing the valuations of their companies or more, and enjoying working in the company. I had one gentleman in the beginning the company was his baby and the baby was so precious, but then it turned into a nightmare. And what he did was through scaling up, he ended up falling back in love again with the company that he started because now the company was really what he wanted it to be versus being a slave to what he originally created. That's awesome. And that's really what the journey's about. So do you find that sometimes, if not most times, it's easier to make a breakthrough than it is to make incremental progress? Um, I like both be, because I think sometimes incremental progress can lead to a great breakthrough. And so I, I think meeting people where they're at allows them, if they need it, to walk before they jog and then ultimately run. And some people are sprinting like you wouldn't believe. But it's very rare that I see somebody go from a walk to a sprint, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's normally progressive. But to your point, what I have seen, which is beautiful when it occurs, is somebody having the aha moment. I think I really understand my strategy, my market positioning, the four Ps, and I've been stuck, and I feel like I'm now unstuck. Those are wonderful moments, and they don't happen every day, as you and I know, doing the work we do. But when they do, they're magical. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? To, to make a positive impact through that. So can you share with our listeners, and you just gave a, a pretty good example of that, but maybe another story that brings it all to ground for us with um, as much as you're willing to share with our audience about a specific client success story who changed the vision of their business based on your work with them. Yeah, so um, I had, so Inc. 5000, fastest growing company. Wow. If you can make that list of the top 5,000 in the country, that's pretty special. But you know what the list doesn't tell you? If you made any money. 
So I could be growing a thousand percent a year, year over year, but losing a million dollars a year. Why do I tell you this? Because I had one client that was an Inc. 5000 company when I met them, an incredible CEO, but they were making minimal operating profit of under 5%. And I said, that's crazy. You are working way too hard, taking 100% of the risk, owning that business for very little to come out of it. So we internalized labor efficiency ratios, looked at the pricing strategy, go to market, were we a luxury brand, a premium brand, got that all figured out, went back to market with the right labor efficiency strategy. And within 18 months, they were making a 30% operating profit on top of great top line growth. Wow. So that doesn't happen every day, but he did not work any harder. He was not any smarter than he was, but we just found the right thing that made a difference, leaned into it, and his business took off. And sometimes that's it. You need somebody from a third-party perspective that isn't so close to it as you are every day that can help you see it. And then more importantly, do something about it. Absolutely. I mean, we get stuck within our models. We get stuck within looking at the forest from the inside instead of stepping back and seeing the forest. Yeah. I can easily miss it for the trees. So I'm a big believer in adding extra perspectives. So in terms of extra perspectives um, and, and to wrap things up for our listeners, I've, two questions for you or two kinds of questions. The first one is for our listener who might be a solopreneur or might be a CMO or somebody who started a large business with thousands of employees who's a thought leader looking to grow it, wherever they're at, chances are they're interested in scaling up. What would be the three things that you'd recommend they could do to start implementing some of these things that we're talking about in their own business right away that can make a difference? That's the first question. And the second is for those who would want to reach out to you yep. and and to um, see what you could do for them, how would they find you? Okay, so number one, read the book, Scaling Up. Number two, go to my website, Aspire Growth Advisors, with an S on the end, dot com. You will get a uh, free scaling up readiness assessment to help you diagnose where your company is in terms of readiness, and then ultimately find out where your gaps are. Very important. The third thing is either self-implement join the master's business course or book a call for me to talk about your assessment and what options you have for coaching, if applicable, to help your team implement and achieve the vision that you want. The final bonus thing, you heard me talk about the five traits of highly successful leaders and CEOs. 
I also have another assessment if you individually want to see where you rank as a high impact CEO or leader. And that is on my website with a report, high impact CEO report. And you're welcome to take a look at that if you'd like. Great. Fantastic. And and how would we, and you just answered the second question with the first one of how to reach out to you. So Herb, this has been enlightening. And this has been a fantastic perspective for this podcast, I think. This the whole idea of how to scale up your business, how to how to make those giant steps, I think is a, a fascinating subject because we run into obstacles and we don't know why we're stuck and have someone who's an expert at tweaking things to get you to that next level to jump out of the comfort zone is is refreshing. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Chris, and all the listeners on the Thought Leadership Studio podcast. And please feel free to check out those resources and very grateful for your time. Fantastic. And to the listener, I'm going to link to all of these on the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. So if you're listening on the app, it'll be in the episode description. Thought Leadership Studio. Thanks again for listening to Thought Leadership Studio. I'm your host, Chris McNeil, and this has been an interview with Herb Cogliano in episode 62, where we discussed things like working on the business versus feeling trapped in it, discovering where the issue is, aligning vision and values, navigating business growth and leadership challenges, and the art of scaling, mindset shifts for effective leadership. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go to the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. It's linked to in the episode description. If you're on an app, check out Herb's material. It's linked to right at the top of the page. And also, if you have not gotten it already, make sure you download the free marketer's guide to strategic thought leadership to help you with the building blocks of your own thought leadership. This is Thought Leadership Studio. I'm Chris McNeil. Thanks again for listening and look forward to joining you on the next episode. Thought Leadership Studio.